Let me tell you a story. So there's this story about a wizard from my hometown of Spoonfork. After he graduated, he started a family and made his way into the world and grew successful. And then he wanted to change it all. He said in a press release that he was never very happy in this line of work. And he went off to catch a mythical thunder bear. Now, you might not have heard of thunder bears before. They're kind of like grumpy, bear-shaped storm clouds. And this wizard didn't want just any thunder bear, but the thunder bear of Grey Hawkmore, one of the most dangerous regions in the entire land of High Gallia, which is my home. All his investors thought it was a joke. His family thought he was bananas. They told him to stay quiet, do his work, make money, leave these dreams to less successful men. The press didn't know what to think. Neither did the village. Most villagers thought he was just having a quarter-life crisis. He was only 60 years old, which is about a quarter-life for a wizard, give or take. No one could understand why this successful wizard, who had everything, wanted to go off and risk it all. What was the incentive? But then, he did it anyway. He sold his company, all his stock, gave the money to an orphanage for spell-scarred children, and then he disappeared into the Silver Mountains. No one had heard from him for more than 70 years later until he popped up again out of nowhere. He carried behind him the pelt of the elusive Thunder Bear of Grey Hawkmore. He had done it. But here's the thing. No one remembered who the hell he was. It had been more than 70 years since he left. His family, the wizard's family, the family that he knew, they weren't around anymore. His old company, it was sold off in large diversified chunks. Most of it was converted to horse-drawn carriage research and development firms. All the old people who lived back then were dead. All the younger people who might have remembered had moved away or completely forgotten the wizard and the reason why he left in the first place. Hardly anyone even knew what the heck a thunder bear even was. The wizard's name was Wickflame the Bold. And old Wickflame taught us all a very important lesson that day. If you have a dream, by all means, go after it. Pursue that dream with reckless abandon. Don't let your dreams become, well, you know. But if you're seeking recognition for your accomplishments, you'd better move very, very quickly. Or at least don't take 70 years to prove yourself. Because no one's going to remember your name if you take your time. Oh, and also, Wickflame the Bold was kind of a real dick. After the villagers ignored him, he tossed his thunder bear pelt over his shoulder, burned down the orphanage that he donated all his money to 70 years ago, and skipped town. A once successful man, reduced to rampaging assholery. Maybe the lesson we're supposed to learn here is that everyone's given a certain road in life, a set of parameters to follow. But if a new path comes along, don't expect everyone to agree with you. And if you follow that new road, don't expect everyone to love you for it especially if you were loved before this. What Wickflame the Bold didn't understand was that he found a calling, but it's for him, not anyone else. Poor Wickflame. Poor orphans, too, come to think of it. My name is Darum. This is Hidden Quest Path. Chapter 1. 
enigmatic university. Okay, now let me tell you a different story. A short time ago, there was an undeclared student at one of the most prestigious magical universities in the land. At least in the land where this student lived. At least until you get to High Folk, which is about three counties away. Anyway, the student ended up in a university under a tuition that was 20% paid for by the student's parents, under the guarantee that he would maintain good grades and would pay the parents back in 10 years after graduation and at a modest interest rate if the cost of living increased and rise under the king's rule. Anyway, the student was excited to be sure. A new adventure, new things to learn, a new bedroom, clothes, textbooks, spell books, top ramen. An amazing world was waiting for me. The, the, the student, I mean, the student. The student's parents dropped him off at the doorstep of the illustrious Enigmatic University a collegiate affair that has a history as rich as the name is hard to say. Enigmatic. I mean, seriously. It's a dangerous world, to be sure. But everyone's got their place. The dragons and the larger beasts stay deep in their dark forests and mountain passes. You don't ever deal with them unless you want to. I live in the tiny campus town of Spoonfork, in the land of New Sail, in the world of Hygalia. There's a lot to do here. There's coffee shops, arcades, uh, there's a blacksmith, um, strip mall with discounted uh, designer jeans. Um, there's a lot of recreation as well. The town's called Spoon Fork because Edwin Spoon founded the town on the fork of the Twin Rivers, Milk Water, and Sweet Stream. The two rivers merge here, right downtown actually, and there's uh, gorgeous bridges that run across uh, the more narrow passes. Uh, there's lamplighters at dusk that light up the street lamps and bridge lamps, and uh, it's great for taking dates. You can go right from the ice cream shop to the vintage album shop, and uh, if it's autumn, there's a great harvest fair that's got magicians and dancing frogs, and uh, there's this one traveling baklava shop that's just, uh, well, I am getting carried away. Uh, unless you already guessed, uh, yes, I am the student, the undeclared student. It's my first year here at Enigmatic University, and I am recording on a book. Yes, a book. It's a magical new day. <laughs> Actually, apparently, this is very old uh, technology. Uh, magic, actually. It's called a podcast, apparently, and it records your voice. Podcast, uh, etymologically speaking, means foot spell. Here's how that works. Pod is short for foot, like a podiatry, a, a arthropod. A cast, of course, means spell. So these wizards invented this magic for stepping on a pedal or button or whatever, and uh, that would activate this magic trigger that would say, open a door or uh, call a servant, uh, bring you toast. That same trigger could be used to record and send a voice. So now you could tell your servant to call for a stagecoach or bring me some nachos. Things like that. Fast forward a few decades, and now podcasting isn't just used for foot spells anymore. It's used to magically record voices and transmit them to a storage cloud. Uh, the storage cloud is, is literally hovering over the enigmatic university and saves a ton of information. I don't know how it works. So I got this podcast book, which um, which also doubles as, as a real book. You can write in it and take notes. Uh, and I received it in the mail before school even started. I'm supposed to start my lessons already, I guess. Uh, it's for Dr. Weedle's class. 
Uh, Dr. Weedle teaches uh, intro to classes. Not like school classes, uh, but character classes. Uh, fighter classes like barbarians or knights or warriors. Um, magic classes like uh, mages and wizards and sorcerers. Sneak classes like rogues and scouts and whatever. And then healers like uh, clerics and um, uh, mostly uh, clerics. There's all sorts of uh, mixes, like a, a sneaky fighter class could uh, also be an assassin, a magical fighter is a battle mage, and so on and so forth. Uh, the intro to classes class is supposed to give undeclared students, like me, a closer view on choosing a class for ourselves. It's supposed to help you decide what to be, whether you want to major in sorcery or cheesemongery, both equally important professions, in my opinion. So I got a book in the mail along with this letter. Um, I am just going to read it here. <clears throat> Dear Darum P. Graham, that's me. Congratulations on your acceptance into Enigmatic University. On behalf of the Academical High Order and staff and Underworld substaff, I am pleased to inform you of your admittance into Enigmatic University of the class of the Year of Our King, Sixth Era of the 243rd Year. Uh, you were selected from a superb, yada, 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 blah, 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 potential interests, uh, talents, etc. Uh, Enigmatic boasts an unparalleled 34 classes, not bad, and hosts over 20 races from all across High Gallia who seek the best education at an unrivaled value. I hope you can find the enclosed podcasting book. I did. For intro to classes seminar, you will be uh, you will begin using this book as your own personal journal. Use it to record your experiences in joining in you. In you. You, uh, as an enigmatic university. Enigmatic starts with E, I'm pretty sure. Enigmatic, N-U, okay, no, whatever. Use it to record your experiences in joining NU. What are you hoping to learn? What are your dreams and aspirations? Uh, are you excited to begin the most exhilarating journey of your life? I wonder how true that is for most people. You will begin using this book in your class's seminar, so be sure to bring it with you on your first day of class. This book has magical properties and will bind itself to you, the student, after you write your name in the front page. Bind. Okay, that's pretty cool. Okay, book. Huh. Okay, cool. Okay, so you say a word and the book writes it down for you. Hello world, I'm Darum Graham. That's really cool. So it's like an invisible ink pen is writing down each word you say. It's not uh, quote unquote bound or whatever to me yet. So each word I say sort of drifts away after each sentence. And there it is, drifts away after each sentence. And there it fades away. And it's replaced by the stuff I just said about it fading away. Hmm. Okay, name. Come here, book. I'm going to call myself... Darum. Okay. Oh, whoa. Okay, God, that doesn't look right. Uh, hello? Hello? 
Check, 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 check. Whoa. Okay. the bookstore uh, hi my, my name is Darren Graham uh, and I have a uh, podcasting book that uh, Dr. Weedle sent me it, uh, uh, it seems to be broken um, all the words are scratchy and the pages are sort of I don't know uh, turning gray the name uh, my name um, Darren Graham oh the name I, I wrote down I wrote um, Darren Gray Arrow Gray Arrow no, that's that's not my real name. Um, it's it's Graham. Darren Darren Graham. Oh. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. Okay, I, let me. Okay, let me try that. Okay. Um, okay, I'm watching the words get written down as I say them, and it looks like check, check, one, two. Okay, uh, yeah, it seems to be working now. Okay, thank you. Yeah, okay, so you can't use a fake name, or else the book won't bind to you. Uh, there's like sort of interference or something. Like the book kind of knows what you're getting at, but it's sort of a uh, sort of fuzzy. Okay, all right, looks like it's all cleared up. Check, check, check. All right, everything I say is getting written down. Cool, 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 cool. So, I had a thought. I start school early tomorrow. My parents live only 20 minutes away. But I'm staying at a dorm, Gygax Hall. So that's super cost efficient. It's like only 5,000 golds per semester. And proof that my parents really need their space. But I had another thought. I've been thinking about it for a while. I have like no idea what I want to do with my life. No idea whatsoever. It's like there's things I'm good at and stuff, but I'm going to be nestled in around all these elves and dwarves and whatever. And, and they'll be like super into psychology or witchcraft or medicinal science theology and I'll be like in the back of the class feeling like dumb shit because everyone else knows what they want to do with their life they've all picked a major I don't know it's like I guess it's kind of how I feel about religion as well like it's, it's fine if other people want to pray to Tyr or Shigarath or Minerva or, or the Crone 
I don't I don't feel anything yet. It's not that I don't want to, it's just there's sort of sort of this block. This mental block. I don't know, I just just hope that I fit in, I guess. I I don't even actually I don't even care about fitting in. I just want to figure out what direction to go. Some kind of direction. I think I got everything. I love you. Love you. Okay, bye. Alright, so I got my backpack and my stuff and my podcast book. Here we go. First stop, Bright Lamp Hall. I had toured the campus before, but this was the first time I was part of Enigmatic University. It was crazy with all kinds of humans and elves and, and gnomes and orcs. I even saw a fae. I think it was a fae anyway. It's hard to tell since some kids magically graft wings on themselves. It's like a throwback thing, I guess. Like a, a thousand year uh, throwback thing. Uh, anyway, I had, uh, I had to go check in at Gygax Hall and uh, check out my brand new dorm. A bunch of the buildings had these new interactive video screens on the outside. Um, this is the one for uh, Gygax Hall here. Gygax Hall is the oldest dormitory at Enigmatic University. It was named after legendary benefactor E.G. Gygax, a demigod who contributed both knowledge and a sizable monetary donation to the first enigmatic chancellor, Harvey Bryant Sunshield. Now, Gygax serves as a historical monument to the founders of the university, as well as a tenured faculty mausoleum. Yeah, you heard that right. A mausoleum. As I walked into the doors of the dormitory, I was greeted by soft music playing on the ceiling speakers in a sitting area complete with a roaring fireplace where students could study. A rotund older student, by the looks of it, sat behind a curved green marble and glass desk. His name tag said a single word, Dorn. Dorn was the first student I met at the university. He said it was a level four warlock and... Oh, uh, I should explain something in case this podcast is ever used by the radio station or a historical archive on another plane of existence or something. In the world of High Gallia, as you age and learn skills and go on adventures, you can do something called leveling up. That means that whatever occupation or profession you choose, you can excel even higher by leveling. Let's say you're a plumber and you just finished a difficult job. If the job is difficult enough and you learned enough from the adventure, you can level up and go from, say, level three to level four. It makes you feel good about the work you do. It lets you know that you're actually moving ahead in life. It's also a good marketing tool. Visit Spoon Fork Animal Veterinarian, the only vet in town with level 10 healers and bone menders. See? Uh, me, I am a level one human. I know, I know, I am just so inspirational on so many levels. Anyway, so Dorn. Level 4 Warlock. 
I check in and uh, Dorn stands up from a chair that, that groans with some protest. Apparently, Dorn gets to stay in that same chair all day long. He leads me down the hallway. We pass several rooms and a bunch of large ornate paintings of old professors. There's no such thing as moving paintings, I don't think, but I swear some of those larger paintings were giving me the creeps. It felt as if they were watching me. Dorn takes me to a room, number 23. He reaches down to a large gray aluminum box that uh, I didn't see him carry when he left his desk, but uh, suddenly there it is. He opens it and there's a pile of identical golden keys. There's a triangle on one side and two large teeth on the other end. So he pulls a key from the pile and asks for my left index finger. I assume he's going to scan it or uh, take a fingerprint or some sort of security protocol. Uh, when he jabs me with a tiny needle that's hidden on his finger. I pull my finger away and I see a bead of blood form on my finger. Dorn extends his hand again, palm up, and calmly waits for me to return my finger. He's done this before, probably a thousand times. I hand back my wounded finger without asking a word, uh, I assume he knows what he's doing, as he touches the end of the key to my finger. The key drinks up the blood like a hungry mosquito, and the key turns an alarming shade of dark red. Dorn reaches over and touches the key to the doorknob of room 23. The red color washes over the doorknob, and the lock goes click. The door swings open. Dorn hands me the key and says, You all checked in. Let me know if there's anything else you need. And then walks away. I am left all alone. All alone in room 23 of Gygax Hall. Now what? I have two days before the first class begins, Dr. Weedle which is your class, which is why I've been talking to a book for the past week, right, Dr. Beetle? This is your book, right? Anyway, before class begins, it's time for student orientation. I decided to go get my textbooks from the bookstore. So I grab my backpack, and I notice that uh, one of the straps is on his last leg. It's my dad's old backpack from when he came to school here. It's got an old logo of NU on the back, with a, along with a few buttons with social statements from back in my dad's day, uh, both of which I think are awesome. The buttons say things like, Dark Elves Matter, and uh, Who Would Cthulhu Devour? <laughs> I'm about to leave when the door opens. Standing there is the outline of a dark figure. He's tall, sports a goatee, and two small, sharp horns on his head. One horn's got a silver ring around it. A forked tail gently sways behind him. His eyes shine a pale yellow. He has an unlit cigarette in his grin, which also carries several sharp teeth. He's wearing a tank top and carries a longboard at his hip. A tattoo of a constellation glows dimly on his shoulder. He has red skin. He speaks. He says I'm in his room. I'm not, I say. This is my room. I show him my key. The demon scratches his goatee and looks over his shoulder. This is my room, brah, he says with a thick western accent. He's not from around here, I can tell. I apologize. Sorry, I say, there's only one bed here. I don't tell him that I was here first. It sounds kind of like a juvenile argument. Instead, I start to tell him that that's impossible. The door is bound to me. I've got the blood lock, the Dorn made, when the demon shows me his key. It's also red. Room 23, he says. Let's take it up with the boss, he says. We both march back down to the foyer with the soft music and the accompanying study and magic fireplace. Dorn is at his desk. 
He's halfway completed a box of white and silver sprinkled donuts. He gazes at us, unimpressed, as the demon and I tell him our situation. That's impossible, he says. Room 23 is a single bed. I couldn't have made two locks for the both of you. Then we show him our keys. We go back to room 23, and we both try our locks, and they both open the door. We look at Dorn. Dorn looks not so much confused as he does uncomfortable. He looks like a mechanic who's fixed something, and then it breaks in front of the owner. This is his job, and for some reason the thing doesn't work. He tries the keys again. They both open the door. Well, he finally says, there's only one explanation that I can see. The only way I can see this working is if you're both related somehow. (laughs) The demon and I look at each other. We both have the same reaction. There is no way we could be related. He's a tiefling. He's entirely from another plane of reality. What the heck is Dorn talking about? Dorn says he'll take care of it. I say fine. And I leave the tiefling in Gygax Hall. Screw it. Inu's bookstore has an odd name. It's called the Unspoken Bookshop, and apparently it's had that name for the past dozen years. The name's been so popular that it's bled into the surrounding complex. There's the Unsaid Cafe, the Soundless Library, and the Forbidden Juice Bar. The bookstore is called Unspoken because of the manager's name. It's written right there on his name tag, but it's written in terror runes. It's a dark lane from the Terrorlands. He'll give you the whole spiel if you ask him, which, unfortunately... I did. Known by his kindred as the the Wanderer of the Night, the Black Bloodseeker, the Teller of Lies, and the the Sleeping Apocalypse. Mm. But his name is... Which, as you can hear, the podcast book won't record. It's forbidden uh, to record, apparently. It's it's a forbidden name. It's spelled I-L-C-O-H-N-T. Uh, after you translate the ruins, uh, which I guess is Midkwashun Pa Akwe Gun Um. It's a dense language, terror speak. Okay, I've got my books. I am on my way to orientation. Thanks. <laughs> on the way there, I meet up with the tiefling again, who rolls up on his longboard. He actually turns out to be an okay guy. Uh, his name is Nalan. He transferred from the Plaguelands as soon as he could. His whole family was affected by the Grey Tinge after starlight from a diseased star bounced off a full moon one night. Uh, not our moon. Uh, it's a different plane of existence, remember. And the starlight infected his family. The irony, Nalan says, is that his family was anti-vaccine, which uh, could have helped them avoid catching the Grey Tinge entirely. The only reason Nalan got the vaccine and didn't catch the disease which was really more of a magical curse than a disease, uh, was that Nolan's school nurse snuck it in. Props to undercover medicine. (laughs) Nolan and I joined the throng of students at the pavilion for orientation. There's so many different kinds of students here. Boisterous, shy, stinky. Nolan's actually a, a little smelly too. The, the interdimensional uh, transfer adds a sort of a sulfurous scent. 
Blue students, bright skin, dark skin, wildlings from beyond the wall. I even saw a highborn elf with an imp. What the heck is a highborn elf doing here? Anyway, the orientation begins. There's a student ambassador talking up the crowd. How many fighters are out there? The crowd screams. How many clerics and wizards? The crowd screams again. There's a bunch of boos as well from the athletics. I guess uh, there's a rivalry between jockey fighters and nerdy sorcerers, which is ridiculous because some of the best fighters are paladins, actually, and um, super magical. And I'm sure they'd uh, speak up um, against the booze, except uh, most paladins go to religious universities, uh, which is not uh, in you. So the crowd cheers. Let's hear it for the forgery majors. The crowd cheers again, mostly dwarves. Uh, and then she says, how about the stealth majors? How many rogues and scouts are out there? And the crowd goes quiet. The rogues don't speak. There's a couple of woos from some students uh, just kidding around, but the stealth kids stay completely quiet. Which, of course, I shouldn't find surprising, but I do. It's a completely different reaction than from anyone else. That kind of intrigues me. Nolan says I should check out rogues, uh, rogue majors, and um, I think I will. By the way, when I ask what Nolan's major is, he says, matter-of-factly, theater arts. I don't understand tieflings at all. The orientation continues. It's loud, and the ambassador has to ask several times for people to quiet down. She passes out packets of information, says to fill out the blue form and bring it to Dr. Robert Wisepigeon, the blue chancellor. Don't bring it to the red chancellor. She might eat your soul. Uh, I write that down. She talks about financial aid for a while, which we've all heard before. Yeah, yeah, pay 50% of your tuition after you graduate, or the interest rate will include a deposit of a vial of blood from your firstborn daughter. Got it. We're good. And then the raffle. I don't know why they do raffles. I never enter them. I don't consider myself a lucky person. There's a bunch of prizes. Uh, a new model of Nimbus, uh, a Master Sword USB drive, uh, prank jelly beans, free parking for a year, things like that. I'm about to leave the raffle since I didn't enter it anyway. When I hear... Darren Graham! I don't know how my name was entered. Nolan denies that he did anything, but whatever, I think. I go to the front of the crowd and collect my reward. It's a 20-sided die. A d20 for, uh, for those kids who play those goofy paper uh, games. I, I don't know what they're called. Anyway, 20-sided die. Awesome. I'm going back to my room. It's 2.30. I can't sleep. Nolan is snoring. Dorn has thankfully given us another bed, so there's like practically no room in here. Class starts tomorrow. I've got a mountain of reading material and no privacy, but I'm actually excited. I think that going here to NU is going to be a good thing for me. I think I might check out the student fair next weekend. There's supposed to be a booth for something called the Shadow Thicket, which is a student activities group for uh, for rogues. I'm pretty interested. 
I wonder if Dr. Weedle is going to give us... What the hell? What the hell? Nolan? Nolan, do you hear that? Is that you? Hidden Quest Path was performed and produced by Mike Leggett. Theme music was composed by Cubby. Find more of Cubby's music at cubbymusic.com. That's K-U-B-B-I music.com. <laughs>